You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I had yeah, and I'm not a huge fan, but I like I want to try it again because I just we're talking about raising kings for those of you that just joined in the middle of this conversation as we get ready to start this podcast. But I my brother is a huge Raising Kings fan and yeah. I think just whenever I went, maybe I just had a bad batch or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what it was, but I I just was not a huge fan. But with that being said, welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour Podcast. I, I am your host, Ricky Valero. Um, it's nice to be back. The boys did a good job subbing in for for me. They probably did a better job than I did. I, I you know, I listened to the show back. Y'all did a great job without me. Um, I will say this. Um, it was a pretty good betting weekend. Um, at the end of the day, there was one particular bet that I kept on, uh, while I was on the beach ransacking the chat for, and that was with the Raiders plus five and the Raiders money line. And my counterpart here, um, I believe you buddy. well, you know, it's, uh, another sad game tonight. Um, the Browns and the Broncos both, uh, beat up and uh, pitiful um, me and Bruning were drowning our sorrows about that yesterday I guess I'm gonna watch it I don't have great hopes I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is great when he's healthy and they were talking about him having two separate leg injuries and yet he's gonna go out there so you know that's cool and having lived through a preseason game where Paxton Lynch for the Seahawks destroyed the Broncos, I wouldn't be that excited to see Case Keenum for the Browns do the same thing. It's like the ghosts of seasons past. Um, to be completely honest with you, I have little to no faith in the Broncos winning that football game tonight. So I just, you know, it's no offense to you. It's and no offense to your team, but um, my wife picked the Browns too, as you'll see in a couple hours. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the Browns are going to win. I just think that they're a better football team. And I know they're missing literally everybody. I will say this too, man. This week seven is one of the worst weeks of fantasy football that I have ever played. I am starting – I have a roster where I'm starting – so it's in a like a super flex league, uh, you know, tight end premium, all sorts of things. And these are – the players that I'm having to start this week. First off, I paid $248 to get Case Keenum off the waivers because I only had one quarterback to start this week. And the other one's James Winston against the Seahawks. These are the, this is my starting 13. 13 players were starting this week. Okay. This is the, I'm eight and four, by the way. We play two games a week. Case Keenum, James, James Winston are my two quarterbacks. Mike Davis, Kenyon Drake, Devontae Freeman, Mark Ingram, Aaron Jones, JD McKissick, Jamal Williams, 
My only receiver I can start this week is Robert Woods. The rest are on buys. I'm, and then my I'm having to start three tight ends this week. The barn burners of Jack Doyle, Cole Komet, and Hunter Henry. So, and yet you still might win because that's the kind of, uh, week. It is. It's not just so we have oh, no, no, teams. No. the teams I'm playing. They're they're not affected. I, I, there's one team I'm playing. They have Matthew Stafford, um, De DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, and Tyreek Hill on the same team. Those three guys just might beat my entire team by themselves. So. Well, not only do we have all these teams on a bye and uh, all the injuries, if you look at the week seven schedule, like a couple of months ago, probably looked like some good games. There's only one what I would qualify as a good game on the 13 game slate, and none of them are the primetime games, which is probably a good segue for games of the week. Games of the week was rough. Writing my Friday five column where I pick five games on Sunday, I'm excited about. I had to think long and hard. I actually put Lions at Rams on there just because I want to see Matthew Stafford, what he does to his old team. And if Jared Goff can summon the confidence to flip Sean McVay off on the sideline, I don't think that's going to be a good game. But So games of the week, morning window, this is the only great game this week. Four and two Bengals at the five and one Ravens. Both those teams have been pretty good. They're actually the top two teams in the AFC North. Who would have thought it? I think both of them have playoff aspirations. That one could be good. You could convince me that Chiefs-Titans will be interesting, if only for the fact that the Titans, who none of us except for Timmy Reaver believe in, uh, if they were to accord back-to-back wins over the Bills and the Chiefs, might end up with like home field advantage in the AFC, which – would it matter because they'll lose their first game anyway? So I, I know. Sorry. So, so this the, every year's with Titans fans, and I'm, I'm not going to go on a one minute tangent here just for a second. I don't mean to interrupt you, but every year the Titans do this. They beat last year. They annihilated the Bills. Annihilated the Bills. Then they beat the Ravens, and it was like we're going to go to the Super Bowl, and they get to the playoffs, and it's done. I don't want to hear anything from Titans fans until the playoffs. I don't want to hear nothing. I don't care if they win every single game between now and the rest of the season. I don't want to hear a single thing until I see them in the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. So I got nothing to worry about. Okay, back to you, Fox. Sorry. You actually would have laughed my when we were watching Monday night, my wife half asleep rolls over and she's like, oh, the Titans. They've never been in the Super Bowl, right? And I'm like, actually, when we go to see the Kurt Warner movie, you'll see the, the time they were in the Super Bowl. You may it might be time to move out of Nashville though, because uh, you're probably going to hear Titans hype talk all all season long. But well, it's every year. It's every year. So the late afternoon slate on Sunday is um, not great. Uh, it was four, three of the four games are double digit point favorites. Uh, no, it was tough to find a game I thought it would even be um, great. I'm guessing America's game of the week is going to be the Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I don't think it's going to be close. But maybe Justin Fields, you know, Tampa Bay really good against the run, but not as good against the pass. Maybe he can get something going with Allen Robinson and make me feel better about how many places I roster him. I'm not confident, but maybe. The Sunday night game is the uh, powerhouse two and four Indianapolis Colts against the powerhouse two and three San Francisco 49ers. It looks like we're getting Jimmy G uh, against Carson Wentz again. Um, so. Plan your plan your evening accordingly. I hear Succession is back. I don't personally watch it, but Ricky Ricky likes that one. Might be an option for you. Um, you know, maybe doing uh, some early trick or treating. Just tell people you forgot. 
just the one week early, knock on some doors, see what happens. The Monday night football game, also uh, Jameis Winston, the New Orleans Saints versus Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. I know that's the game we were all anticipating. Uh, sadly, those are um, those actually are some of the better games. There are a lot of what appear to be lopsided matchups. Yeah, like I said, even in that 4 o'clock window, the 4, 4 p.m. Eastern window, there's four games, and in three of those, you have the 15.5-point favorite Rams, you have the 17-point favorite Cardinals, and you have the 12.5-point favorite Buccaneers. So right off the bat, you're really just grasping for straws of anything, of any sort of structure there. And that, that transitions over to our starts and sits for the week. Obviously, as I mentioned in the past, my starts and sits are focused on the guys that I'm playing in the world of DFS. And Matthew Fox's are focused in on some of the guys that he is looking at for you to start and sit in the fantasy football world. And actually, these are guys that I actually would like in fantasy as well. But for the quarterback position, I am looking at Justin Fields this week. Um, the Bucks secondary is not that good. It's just it's been abysmal. Now, obviously, do you have faith in Matt Nagy to let him throw the football? Who the hell knows anymore what's going on with that team? But I do like do like in a week where you could pay up at the quarterback position, but at the same time, it's going to be a struggle to really find and fit some of these guys in because you're really having to pay up in other positions because if you look at the field, it's ugly. It's an ugly week with injuries included. And then even some of the top-tier players, especially whenever you're playing Daily Fantasy, some of the top-tier players are not in this window, right? You know what I mean? Like some of the guys you would typically play aren't in this window. So, you know what I mean? You have some big big names from – you know, the Saints, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Colts all have players that are fantasy football and DFS relevant guys that aren't going to be in this uh, morning slate for DFS. So Justin Fields at 5,300, um, Chuba Hubbard uh, at 6,100. The, the Giants are giving up 31 points a game um, in DFS. Um, I love his value at 6,100. Damian Harris um, he's looked really, really good this year. He's looked a lot better than he's not, he's not. It's not flashy. It's not anything that everybody's talking about because obviously, you know, the Patriots are struggling. But uh, the Jets are giving up 29 points, um, you know, for DFS quality as well. Daryl Henderson is another name that I really like this week. And I really feel like I really feel like you can go on a limb and play some. And this is not DFS related. I really feel like you can play Sony Michelle this week. Um, especially if this game really does get ugly fast. They really never take the foot off the brake. They really kind of go gas, 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 but they might tend to rest a guy like Henderson, who Henderson is light years better than I thought that he would be. Um, I think he's looked really, really good, and they need him down the home stretch because he's just a better running back overall and the best running back they have on that roster. I love uh, Speaking of revenge games this weekend, I do like DeAndre Hopkins in the revenge game against the Texans. I am paying up for him this week. I think that he's going to probably at least catch a touchdown, if not two, just because. And then at the tight end position, I like Ricky Seals at 3,700. He's got 15 targets in two games. Watch for the injury status, though. What do you got for your starts this week? Yeah, so for my quarterback, I went with Joey Burrow. Um, they're playing the Ravens. I think that's going to be a good game. Last week, we were we thought Chargers-Ravens might be a little up-tempo, and they held Herbert in check, much to everyone's dismay. So that is a bit of a concern, but Joe Burrow is QB 12 so far through the season. It is a brutal week for buys, you know, Herbert, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, all on by this week. Um, I think Burrow ends up doing well. I think this is going to be a more competitive game than we saw with that, sadly, with that Chargers-Ravens game last week. 
my running back start, Darrell Henderson, just like you. He's actually RB13 on the season with only having played five games. Um, one of those, I believe, was only a half game versus other people's six games. It is a terrible week for running backs. He is an easy top 10 play for me. Wide receiver, I have Robert Woods. I think he finishes top 12 this week. He's been on the tear the last few weeks. Cooper Cup's going to get his, but I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford wants to go ham on the Lions. And then my tight end start is Mike Gusecki. Uh, he didn't have a single reception in week one. Since week three, he's been tight end four on the season. Both Jacoby Brissett and Tua, when he returned, are looking for him, peppering him with targets. They have a lot of injuries still in their wide receiver core. Their offense isn't very good. They're playing the Falcons. I think this might be a sloppy up-tempo game, so I like the potential for Gusecki. Yeah, I, I like Kaseki as well this week. I think it, he's he's a really good solid option. Henderson, it's insane to me what he's done with his touches. It really has. Like in those five games, I mean, he's last week was his highest total touch of the season. But I mean, you're talking about a guy who's got 372 yards, four touchdowns, and then of course he's got the 12 catches as well. So it's been interesting to see. Um, for Spitz guys, these are guys I don't like this week. Um, DFS wise, I don't like Derrick Henry this week. I know that sounds crazy. Um, but his price tag is $9,200. He's easily far and away the most expensive player on the slate. Obviously, rightfully so, because he is on a tear. I'm not saying that he's not going to have a good game because, I mean, he's really on a last two games. He's had 34 and 38 fantasy points when it comes to DraftKings. But I just don't foresee him having that style of a game to pay up for $9,200. Again, that's what I'm talking about here. He is the highest price running back at 9200 Aaron Jones is at 7,500. So you're talking about $1,700 price difference. And in a week that you're going to want to try to fit some of these high price studs in, I think you've got to leave him off the board. Now, if you want to sprinkle him here and there, I get it hundred percent, but he's just not on my, on my radar. Uh, Daniel Jones versus Carolina. Um, Daniel Jones went from the best quarterback in football to, you know, back down to earth over the last couple of weeks. He's looked like he's struggled and I think this Carolina Panthers defense is pretty solid I just have no faith in Daniel Jones he's not a good quarterback and and I just the last two weeks he's struggled big time he's gotten four fantasy or four DFS points against the Cowboys and he had 8.1 against the Rams um, so I have zero faith especially at his price tag at $5,400 which I'd rather have Justin Fields at that same range I'm on the opposite end on the DFS DFS side of things, I don't know if I love Robert Woods this week. His price is a little bit high for me. I don't really like um, – the game scares me in some aspects because I look at it the way you do and say, all right, Stafford's going to blow him out. But then at the same time, do they take the foot off the gas? And if they do, I, it kind of scares me a little bit of what he does. I mean, even last week, at, his price tag is $6,400 on DraftKings. So that's the reason why I'm kind of staring away from it. Because the same guys that you can kind of get in that range at $6,400, you're looking at, you know, even if you're playing them in your flex, you have Jameer Chase at $6,200, who I really like. You have Brandon Cooks at uh, $6,000 which is really good, especially in a good matchup against Arizona. You have some guys that are capable of doing stuff that are for sure fires at that same price range. So that's the reason why I don't like those guys. It's not fantasy football. Fantasy football, every guy I mentioned, you're probably starting, well, maybe not Daniel Jones, but 
some of you might not have a choice. But. Yeah. Especially in Superflex, there's only literally 26 quarterbacks available this week. So you're pretty much outside of Davis Mills, you're firing them up. And I think there's actually a league where I have no other Superflex option but Davis freaking Mills. Yeah. I hope it's one of his three touchdown games and not one of his implosion games. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got Case Keenum starting tonight, so pray for me. Yeah. My uh, sits this week, uh, quarterback sit Jared Goff. Goff got called out by his new coach, uh, Dan Campbell, last week for not doing much. They don't have a great receiving core. Their line's been beat up. I don't think this matchup against the Rams. Now, it's possible he gets a fire lit under him with what was said and getting to see Sean McVay, but I'm not willing to chance that. Uh, in Superflex, you're probably starting him, but if you're looking for a top 12, it's not happening. My running back sit is Miles Gaskin was RB 39 through four weeks. And then in week five, he got peppered with targets when they were without a bunch of people and really gave us hope that he was coming back last week, went back to being the third running back, according to usage with Tua in there. He could have another explosive game, but his usage is so inconsistent that even in a horrific week for running backs, I don't trust him. Corey Davis, my wide receiver said um, the Jets did not look great against the Patriots in New York earlier this season. I'm not sure that changes coming off a of bye. Davis only had two receptions for eight yards the last time they played the Patriots. He's had some good games. They have some up and down games, but the Patriots defense has done a pretty good job against some bigger name quarterbacks. I'm not trusting Davis this week. I think if anything, Jameson Crowder may end up being a better play. And then my tight end set is Ross Dwelly. Uh, there's been a tendency a lot of times when Kittle's out to want to plug and play. Dwelly saw two targets and caught them both for 25 yards in week five when he replaced Kittle. Kittle hadn't been getting the target share that he had in some previous seasons. I just don't see it happening. I think he's a mid-tier tight end too, and that's not probably what you're looking for. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's, I just, we talked about it in our, in our, in our group chat. It's just an ugly week all the way around. And and that's a perfect transition for my bets that I like this week. I struggled mightily to find lines because when you're looking at lines that are so high. If you I, pick I, the Raiders, I'm all with you this week because I play the Eagles. <laughs> the, the lines are so all over the place that I struggle with some of the ones I like. And you're gonna you're gonna laugh at one of them here in just a second. But all right, so right off the back, I like the Chiefs minus four and a half. Um, I just do think they take care of business. The Titans are riding a high, but at the same time, what comes with that is a is a kind of a reality check. You know what I mean? This is what the Titans do. They'll go out here and beat a team they're not supposed to, and then they'll come out and kind of be flat. And I think that's what they're going to do with the Chiefs. The Chiefs need it more than they do, and I think this is just a start of a tear. The Chiefs are like the Chiefs are going to be fine, right? But what they do come playoff time is really what's going to really hinder what this whole entire. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at actions looking like right now but the Chiefs minus four and a half I like that one um, I actually like the Eagles plus three and a half this week um, I don't know what it is I feel like last week the Raiders are on this high and I I feel like it, it, it might have been a one game high and they kind of fall back down to earth 
if I, it's a, if it's a close game, I feel like it, it could be a close game. I really do. I, I don't really like either one of these teams. I don't think either one of them are good. I think the Raiders, they have pieces, but they're still just, they don't know what to do with those pieces yet. And I, and I think I do love the Drake usage because I have a lot of Kenyon Drake on my rosters. So I need his usage to stay up, but I do like the Eagles this week at plus three and a half. Um, the Raiders have failed to cover in their last six games as favorites. That's a little tidbit for you. I also like the Eagles over three and a half in the three and a half points in the first quarter. So all they have to do is score a touchdown and they cover that as well. All right. So a few tidbits out of the Colts 49ers game. I dug deep, man. I told you I, I dug deep because I just did not know what I liked, what I didn't. It's an ugly week this week, but the Colts 49ers, I like it over 44 points. Four of the last five games the Colts have played on the road have hit the over. 44 is not a lot of points, and neither one of these teams are going to have to – I don't really – I don't have faith in either team's defense. I don't really have any faith in either team's offense, but I have faith in some of the tools and the pieces that they have. I have faith in Debo Samuel. I have faith I have faith in Jimmy G feeding the ball to these guys as well. Jimmy G is not the greatest quarterback, but I can for sure – for certain, see 44 points being put up. Also, I like the Colts plus five and a half. I think this Colts seems better than they their record is. They are. And I think that Frank Reich, who I'm really struggling to figure out if he's a good coach or not, I, I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm struggling with him because he finally realized, he turned the switch on last week and said, oh yeah, let me, let me finally feed Jonathan Taylor the same way they feed Derrick Henry. He's that good, guys. He might not be Derrick Henry, but he is that good. You know what I mean? Like, stop trying to give Hines the ball. Stop giving Mack the ball. Give him your bell cow roll and let Wentz play off the play action, which he's very good at doing. So, and then with that being said, the 49ers have failed to cover in eight of their last nine games. So I love the Colts plus five and a half. And even if the Colts lose, I still see it's going to be a close game. Um, before I give out my last, I'll give my last bet out and then we'll get to that question. But, um, there's a three team teaser that I really like that you flex all lines, all three lines. It gives you plus seven more points. So it would be the Colts Eagles chiefs at plus plus one thirty. but you get the Colts plus 11 and a half. You get the Eagles plus 10 and a half. And then of course you get the chiefs plus one and a half. And that gives you the line of plus 130. So it gives you some flexibility. Obviously, it all relies on the Chiefs winning, basically, outright. Um, but I do think that they will. So for me, I really like that line for the Chiefs all the way around. But plus 130. Um, we have a quick question here. Um, start Tim Patrick or Christian Kirk at the flex, full PPR. I'm going to start Patrick. Yeah, I'm starting Patrick as well. I Kirk, the problem me. with Arizona is they have so many weapons; it's hard to. And now you've got being there now too, so that's yeah. another that's another mouth that's going to be tried to be fed. So, you know, no Jerry time. Judy. They are not activating Jerry Judy tonight, so it's still just Patrick and Sutton at receiver. Yeah, so they're not activating their best receiver quite yet. So, um, with their best receivers playing. Um, so with that being said, uh, you, you want to go into the debate about uh, quarterbacks? No. Um, with that being said, guys. Um, no, but that is going to be a fun summer episode when we get the rest of the guys because. Oh, and it's, and I, and you know, it's crazy. So what we're talking about guys, we started a group, we're in a group chat, obviously with all of the sports writers for the music city drive and make sure to check out all these guys work over at the music city drive. And you just click on the sports section and you see the weekly comment columns that everybody's putting out. But the one thing that I love we started about talking about the best quarter. Well, it all started because of 
I, I tested that Randy Moss was a better wide receiver than Jerry Weiss was. And that just went, went off the deep end. And then we went into quarterbacks. And then, you know, so basically this offseason, when we're looking for things to talk about on the podcast, we're going to have some fun debates on who the greatest of what position. Yeah. And I want to handle it kind of like I did the uh, like we did the movie review, like give somebody 60 seconds to, to say your piece about why this guy's where they are. So I, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun, guys. So keep it keep an eye out or ear out for that whenever it comes the offseason. But like we do each and every week, we're going to go ahead and transition to the movie corner. If you didn't know um, already, Matthew Fox and I watch a lot of movies each and every year. And um, with that being said, we are in the midst of you know, the award season forthcoming, but every week we have an ep- a part of the episode where it's the movie corner. Um, so many things I think are coming out over these next couple weeks and months it's that gonna brutal. Um, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be time consuming. Um, I've seen two movies in the last week. I saw last night in Soho on Tuesday night. And then for Netflix, we saw the harder they fall in theaters. My harder they fall re- uh, review will drop tomorrow, but um, I really, I really liked both of those films. Um, I liked one more than the other, but I liked one more than the others. Um, the first two acts of The Last Night oh, are really good, and then it kind of falls off, which was really disappointing. But with that being said, um, two things that – one thing that I know you just finished watching that I really, really enjoyed, which was Midnight Mass. Um I loved it. I thought it was a very well-written show. Easily my favorite thing Flanagan's done. I wasn't a big fan of his last two the, – the, the, I liked House on the Haunted Hill, but the Bly Manor one was just all right. I'm not a big fan of that whole genre of thing. So it, it didn't really, you know, wasn't really my cup of tea. But also, I mean, I will say, you know, it it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So, but um, I really did enjoy Midnight Mass. I thought it was great, greatly acted, great writing. And yeah. Yeah, I really like the characters. Um, personally, I... I really love things that touch on faith and theology often. Um, you know, next year I'm going to start a series where I go through my top 50 of films of all time. Many of those are things that I, I like things that challenge me, that make me think, that go deeper. And I felt that greatly with this, um, especially in the heart of the series, episode three, four, five, you get some powerful statements about forgiveness, interpersonal relationships with parents, Um you know, grief, guilt, uh, that are just incredibly powerful uh, to go through. Um, It's a very rich exploration, I thought, of faith, but also a very rich exploration of some of the tropes of the genre at times. You know, uh, I have a coworker who saw it. He said the ending reminded him of um, the, the original Wicker Man. You know, and somehow that would see the original, yeah. do not see the Nicolas Cage trash. I thought at various points it reminded me of some of the best archetypes of Stephen King. You have kind of a smaller northeastern feeling place, um, especially uh, one of the characters really reminded me of Marsha Gay Harden's character in The Mist, which is one of my favorite of Stephen King's, that very ultra right wing religious, but doesn't actually understand anything about what the Bible says. Uh, while using it as a weapon against others. There were some archetypes there, but just some beautiful acting. Zach Guilford, um, I loved him in Friday Night Lights, the series. This might be his best work. Yeah, it's funny because anytime I see him, I always go, oh, there's Matt Saracen. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And you just think that right TV off the bat. One. 
yeah, QB one, that's all you think of him. And I don't think I've ever watched anything with him in it. And I'm like, think I can't see anything else. I didn't see Matt Saracen in this. Guilford really kind of knocked it out of the ballpark. I also love Samantha Sloan. I thought she was brilliant. She had some of the phenomenal dialogue where and, and that's the thing. Like, that's when I try to explain to people when they're like, well, what did you th- what did you like about it? I'm like, it is a very dialogue driven show. Like, there's a lot of it's very emotional. Exactly. And it's it's not not always hoorah and razzle dazzle. It's very much heartfelt dialogue that kind of goes back and forth. And it really just I just love the show. I thought it was I- phenomenal. There's seven episodes. I watched the last three in one sitting, and let me tell you, I felt uh, emotionally drained. It oh, I, st- I still do. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, it it has a lasting uh, lasting effect on you. It really does. I, I really, I really felt strongly about that show, and actually, I really can't wait to revisit it to be honest with you, because I really did enjoy it. Um, and the other one was Hamish Linklater. Um, I thought yeah. he was. He, he was incredible. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Like I really, this is one show that I really hope that gets some sort of Emmy love. It's one of Netflix's better written shows that I've seen. One of the better shows of the year as well. Um, out in theaters this weekend is the, or out in theaters and on HBO Max is Dune this weekend. Um, I am checking it out tomorrow morning. As um, 11 a.m. I am going to go check it out and I will have a short video about it um, whenever I uh, get done watching it. Um, Ron's Gone Wrong is in theaters as well for the, for the kiddos of the world. Um, we also have the, let's see here, um, Night Teeth came out on Netflix, which, look, all right. When Matthew Fox watches this and he sends me a message and says, what were you thinking? It's, there's good trash, okay? There's good trash. This is my kind of trash. And honestly, I would really like another one. And that's just, I'm just going to throw it out there. There's good trash and then there's Halloween Kills, which... It was okay. Which I, is, didn't, I didn't even think it was okay. Like if and if for those of you that want to uh, explore that film, it is on Peacock as well right now. So that's for those of you that aren't ready to go back to the theaters. Um, and then of course we have Lock and Key season two is kicking off this weekend. Um, I've never seen Lock and Key season one, so I have no clue what it's about. But I do know there's fans of that yeah. show. It was a. It was a fan favorite. I watched the first couple and it didn't really click for me uh, in season one, but there are, it has its, uh, it has its fans. And we can't forget morning show still going strong. We, we forget because we, we may, may or may I not watch- have already finished it, but uh, <laughs> I watched morning show. Like, uh, like, I don't even know, like two months ago, I think now. So the other one I wanted to mention is so last duel was the other big opening um, last week. And I know you had seen it. I, I went to theaters and saw it. I thought it was um, pretty engaging. I know a lot of people have made comments. It's not making a ton of money. I don't feel like it's the kind of movie that everyone's running out to see. And especially in a compressed box office situation, I don't think that means it's a flop. I thought the, the story was interesting. Ridley Scott knows how to, deliver some action sequences those were good but i loved jody comer i thought she was incredible in that yeah yeah when it comes down to oscars right now for me like she's she's top tier um i I, there's a couple other performances that i've seen that i've liked a little bit better but for me personally she's got to be in that five her performance is brilliant i think one of the misconceptions about that film is is 
I'm sorry, it's good. Like at the end of the day, it's one of my favorite Ben Affleck performances. I felt like he was a very camping, very fun. Just it was one of he was having the time of his life. Might and have he, been too close to his real life. Though. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. But the thing about it was, is like when I first started watching that movie, I was like, this is the worst performance I've ever seen out of Ben Affleck. But as you see him unfold, you start to understand that's how his character's written. He's just playing who he is supposed to be playing, and it's it was super fun that um, his character literally hated matt damon's character oh absolutely oh yeah for sure from their first interaction i was like oh i kind of enjoyed this yeah it was it was a fantastic movie i highly recommend checking it out if you have the opportunity to it's it's not an easy watch for sure obviously with the story being centered around what it is it's not an easy watch but i promise you if you get in it it's that I haven't seen a really good medieval time movie like that. And people talking about the box office, I understand why. You know what I mean? Yeah. That movie was pushed off, postponed, reshoots because of COVID. Like they had to shut down the operations. So a lot more of that budget started coming in because of the reshoots and the different things that they had to do. So that came into play. And on top of that, people forget Ridley Scott has a little bit of a bigger film coming out towards the end of the year that they expect to be an Oscar player. So they needed to kind of get this one out of the way as well. So House of Gucci is coming out really soon. Um, and that's expected to. That movie is over three and a half hours. So I don't know how I'm making it. Well, um, they were know. talking about like a 210 minute runtime. Well, I uh, look forward to seeing it um, in uh, the eight parts that, like, I watched the uh, Sex Snyder's Justice Met League. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. I, I really don't. Please don't, ex- please don't extend the Snyderverse. Um, with that being said, I am on the verge of next week. I've got a lot of things dropping, a lot of things dropping. If Most recently, if you checked out my Jason Biggs interview that I did about the subject, that comes out in theaters. I forgot to mention that. That does come at limited release in theaters, but it's also hitting VOD. And um, you can actually get it on like Apple TV for like, I don't know, eight or nine bucks. It's a very thought-provoking look at uh, a documentary filmmaker who basically shoots the the death of a kid and uh, an African American or a black kid and when he does he kind of exploits that to really kind of garner success and it kind of comes back it, it really comes back to haunt him and I and I tell you it's 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 made me really rethink how I how I watch documentaries now it really does it kind of what's the motive behind the documentary we're watching. And it's something that I've thought about before, but this one really weighs heavy. Jason Biggs gives one of the best performances of the year. Um, in talking with him, he even broke down and, and, and said that he didn't know himself that he could do something like this, do a role like this, because he had never really kind of explored this type of role in the past. So it was interesting to kind of talk to him and pick his brain. Also talk to Alex Pettifor for warning, which I think comes out this week as well. But next week I'll have reviews for um, Eternals. I'll have reviews for Last Night in Soho. And I will have a review for The Harder They Fall, which drops tomorrow. But what you got coming up, Matthew Fox? Yeah, uh, you know, just regular, uh, regular columns and pattern. My, um, Binge watch that'll drop a little bit later today is looking at films from Denny Villeneuve since uh, Dune is dropping. Uh, he's the director of that. He has made some uh, films that will definitely grace my top 50 of all time. Uh, you'll probably be able to guess which. Arrival. Then, yeah. 
there's one you love that I don't I was not as high on, but uh, he is a he is a fun filmmaker and interesting filmmaker. Uh, and then Friday Five column will drop tomorrow. Uh, my picks will be out later this afternoon. Uh, I had been having a stellar season until last week was a little middling, so I'm hoping to get back on track. Raiders, baby, Raiders. Yeah, Denver has personally cost me three of my 31 losses this season. They probably are about to cost me my fourth. Hey. I was a little bit easy. Actually, I was not as hard on you as, as I was going to be today. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's I'm being nice to you because of yeah. your situation. So, you know, I, if I would have had time, I would have had a, I would have my entire picture of this entire episode would have been a Raiders picture. You know what I mean? I was the, very, very nice to you this week, sir. The embarrassing part was uh, Sunday afternoon. I went to go mute and I forgot the difference between Twitter and Green <laughs> and accidentally left our left our writers chat. So it probably looked like a giant a-hole. It was hilarious. I died laughing. I was like, what do you like? Because you messaged me and I read your message and I went over to the group chat. I was like, oh shit, that's pretty funny. So <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I left the chat. Yeah. But um, with that being said, guys, make sure to head on over to the Music City Drive and to check out all of our um, content that we've got going up, whether it's movies or sports. We have a lot of stuff literally pumping out each and every day. It's insane what, what we're kind of building the foundation and growing with this brand. I love it a whole lot because it's a lot of dedicated writers doing their part in making this thing a thing. So make sure to check out all the shows on the Drive-In Podcast Network. We've got a brand new wrestling show on the network now, the Uncut Podcast. That's a pretty cool little show. Check that out. Make sure to check out Film Optics and um, 50, uh, 50 Years of Music and all the rest of the shows on the network. Thank you so much for listening to the show and we'll talk to you guys next week.